With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Adam, it's never a bad day when the Denver Broncos can go into Foxborough and beat Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, which is exactly what Drew Locke, Vic Fangio, and the Denver Broncos did on Sunday. And it is a glorious feeling. I like it. I mean, it's one of those things where if if you anticipated a win here, if you thought they were going to go and get a win, you are either uh, some sort of clairvoyant or you're a liar. Those are your two options there is is the only thing I can think of. And since I don't believe in clairvoyancy, you're a liar. But it was it was I will say it was a good win. I did say the Broncos would cover. You did. You mentioned that they would cover, which is which is um, like going halfway out on a limb, but it's a really sturdy limb, and you know you're going to be fine. I liked it. I, I'm fine with that. You know what? That's kind of what you have to do sometimes. Well, in in the sports betting game, that's what you do. If you have a big favorite, if you want to even out the odds, you're not sure the Broncos are going to do the money line, so you do the spread. There you go. So you go. regardless if they win or lose, if they cover – you win. There you go. And that's all that's that's what it's all about for those of you out there throwing bets down on your 
on your, uh, you know, your apps and your websites and whatnot. I have a tendency to, like, I have one of the apps. I, I, I use uh, FanDuel because I do the FanDuel daily, and so I just transferred the money over or whatever. I have a tendency to look at the bets and then never actually place any. I'm like, oh, I could do that. Oh, yeah, I could do that. Ah, I didn't do anything. That's ah, fine, whatever, no big deal. But to to go back to the actual game that we got to watch with the Denver Broncos going into Foxborough and, and, and coming away with a win, there was a lot going on going into this game, right? Obviously with the postponement due to the coronavirus uh, sort of spreading through uh, New England. And then the Broncos had a, a, a COVID pop up with one of the, the coaches, running backs coach. Things were a little sketchy heading into this game, right? It was a little bit touch and go there. So the idea that they were going to go into Foxborough with all of the issues sort of swirling around and get a win, I think was, I think it was fair to say that that was something that nobody really expected, and that they walked away with a with a win, even though it wasn't, it wasn't pretty, right? And there's nothing like watching a, a field goal fest, and that's pretty much what that was. Uh, you still get the win, and that's all that matters. And at the end of the day, they're two and three. They are. Um, going to move on and, and drew lock is the starter. And it looks, looks like what we thought was going to be um, the way the season was going to go is, is maybe the way the season is going to go. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think we're going to get to see drew lock now and how this offense is going to pan out and all right. Okay. Well, we'll, let's see how this goes. That's kind of where I'm at right now. For me, it's, there is good and bad, obviously. I mean, keep in mind, this is the first time the Broncos have played a game in over two weeks. So there is, as I said, some good and bad. I like the way the offense was able to move the ball down the field, and especially against a defense like New England's and Bill Belichick's that held, as we have said, for multiple weeks now because it's 2020, to hold Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs to 19 offensive points like they did, which is the last time the Patriots played, for the Broncos to be able to move the ball like they did that shows you that there is some cap- that, that this offense has some potential. The key now is to to finish these drives off with touchdowns, and that's going to come because as we as we've talked as we talked about before we started recording, Albert Aku Egbunam, which is how you're supposed to pronounce his name. Yeah, Kevin Harlan struggled there, but that's fine. So did Trent Green. Oh, well, he just struggles in general. He dropped two touchdowns, and one of them was a great play by the New England Patriots, a a great play by the defensive back. But he had two touchdowns that he could potentially brought in. Completely changes the game. We're not talking about Pat Shermer doing whatever it was he was doing at the end of that game with his play calling. That doesn't doesn't forgive Drew Locke for the, the two bad interceptions on two consecutive throws, but as I told my wife, after the game, it's better to have those learning moments coming off of a win and a win against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots than losing this game. Yeah, you know, it is. You bring up a really good point there. What they are going to be able to do as a team now, and I think this is the important part, is you walk away from this game, you get the win, but you have a plethora of things you need to work on. And that, to me, is a good thing. It's it's frustrating that they, they don't have that bye week anymore, right? That would have been a good time to really work on some stuff. Bye week's gone, sort of, uh, you know, unceremoniously. It was sort of taken away from them. But you leave New England with a list of things you've got to figure out and a W, okay, 
that that's probably you know if if blowout is best case scenario that's not that far away from best case scenario and you're right drew lock looked pretty good for the most part did he look great no was he perfect absolutely not was he super efficient i don't think so but the play calling was such that they were taking a lot of deep shots downfield early they were uh clearly trying to stretch the field and i think part of the reason they were doing that was to loosen up the the often you know sort of that the trenches to give Philip Lindsay a chance up front because let's face it, Philip Lindsay was back as well and performed quite admirably being back in his first game since his foot injury. Uh, the turf toe seems to be healed up as it were. So it looks like for him, that was maybe what the the point of that was, was to try and stretch out the field a little bit so that Philip Lindsay had a little more space to work with. And it worked out. I mean, he rushed for over a hundred yards. I think he averaged like 4.4 yards a carry. So, you know, I would take that if I were, I I am taking, I'll take that. I will take that. I'll take the win. I'll take the way that Philip Lindsay looked. I'll take the fact that even with those bad interceptions, Drew Locke looked okay, right? I mean, he looked okay. Are we expecting him to be the greatest quarterback of all time right now? Probably not. The big questions come, I think, with the offensive play calling at the end, like you said, with Pat Shermer maybe trying to do a little too much there. Right. Instead of just letting, you know, working the clock a little bit and, and, you know, trying to be more efficient on offense, that would have been something I would have liked to have seen. Maybe semantics, but I thought Drew Locke looked pretty good, especially coming off of a rotator cuff or a shoulder injury like he had. Probably not the best idea to have him throw the ball like that late in the game, but I like the way he played, I like the way the offense looked. I, I mean, for how since Peyton Manning left, how long have we said, test the field, have your quarterback throw the ball down the field? They finally do it, and there are some who are like, well, why are you doing that? I, I mean, I love the way that – I can't believe I'm saying this. Boomer Esiason actually applauded Drew Locke and the Broncos' offense for the way that they tested the field, as you to- as you talked about, at halftime. I – I really like the way the offense look. I think that there is a lot of potential now and a foundation for them to go back and look at it. And as we've said, to build on it, to look at the things that they can do better. And like I said, if Albert O catches one of those touchdowns, we're not talking about a close game because we need to give a lot of credit now to Vic Fangio for the game he called and Ed Donatel as the defensive coordinator. The defense was phenomenal on Sunday. It was phenomenal because I my key to the game for like the last four weeks or eighty four years or whatever has been to win the turnover but the, the, the turnover battle, and they finally did it. They not only they created three turnovers, and they got after Cam Newton. I think with four sacks. I think that's what the final statistic was: is the defense was able to get four sacks. So you're getting hits on the quarterback. And you're creating turnovers. Yeah, I, I mean, and you're right. And you you have been sort of uh, saying that over and over again for the last couple of weeks. And, and it is sort of a cliched sort of mantra in the NFL, win the turnover battle and win the games. But it, it, it only becomes cliche because it works, right? And and that's the point that that you have to make here. It works. If you can win the turnover battle, which they did, then you're going to win the game. And they would have won the turnover battle by a lot more 
if there hadn't been the miscommunication between uh, be- between Drew Locke and, and Tim Patrick on the interception on the sideline there. And the long interception sort of towards the end where you could make the argument that maybe Pat Shermer should have been trying to eat clock. But like I said to you before we started recording, it kind of ends up just being like a bad punt, really. And that that's the way it ends up turning out is that it ends up looking kind of like a bad punt. But you're right. They end up with four sacks. They end up with three turnovers. They they really do sort of disrupt what the Patriots wanted to do on offense. And until the very end there, they didn't give much up on the offensive side for themselves. They were they were pretty good with the football. They moved it. They scored. And and let's let's take a moment here to applaud Brandon McManus for being Brandon McThemanis because holy cow, right? Six field goals, two from over 50 yards. Clearly your your special teams player of the week. If he's not, nobody in the NFL knows what they're doing. And he's the Denver Broncos offense. I feel like I, I always, whenever I see him kicking a bunch of field goals, I always go back to, uh, you know, that's that moment at the White House when they're celebrating Super Bowl 50 and, and President Obama talked about the great offensive uh, weapon that they had. And then he introduced Brandon McManus and how funny that was, but also just how true it is. And it just continues to be the truth for the Denver Broncos that Brandon McManus is their best offensive weapon right now. Uh, that will hopefully change. Right? I think that's, that's, let's not live in that world for too long, but, but we'll take it for today, right? Oh, absolutely. And master trolling on a level, the Denver Broncos social media team for tweeting out that the Broncos are 4-0 against Cam Newton with a Von Miller doing a dab gif from Super Bowl 50. Epic trolling. And kudos to Bradley Chubb and Malik Reed because Malik Reed got two sacks. Bradley Chubb, I believe, got one. One sack, yep. I, I just, I, I really like the way the team played on Sunday. I it, it felt like it was complimentary football. Now, obviously, it would have been a little bit better complimentary football had the Broncos been able to cap one of those long drives that they were able to put together with a touchdown. But as we've been talking about since January, you can see it. You can see it. For the first time in five years, you can see a path to success with this team. And the fact that we're able to, I don't want to say complain, but maybe nitpick on certain things of the game after a win against Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, I'm going to emphasize that over and over again because it need. I mean, it's true. And keep the fact it. that the Bron- and we said, what have we been saying for two years with Vic Fangio? Win the close games. They did it on Sunday. Finally, finally, right? You know, the other thing I wanted to point out: we talked a little bit about Albert Okbuwegwanam. Uh, and his drops, but he looked pretty good as well. There were there were oh, things yeah. that he did that looked really good, and I, I had this exchange in Slack a little bit with some of the other writers on staff. And one of the things that I brought up was how good this offense will look if Albert O and Noah Fant can be on the field at the same time with those two as your tight ends. Now bring back Cortland Sutton and pair him with Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick. I, I, I mean – now, now get Melvin Gordon back from strep throat and pair him with Philip Lindsay, who who had a phenomenal game. I'm sorry, but if you don't see the this offense is going to be very good once Drew Locke gets enough experience to know how to run an offense, to know how to run an NFL franchise, like you have to know how to do. 
you, then you're blind. And and this was a, a good example of that. This game actually ends up being a game where you can look at this team and go, just like you said, it's there. It is there. Do they need to capitalize on some things? Yes, they do. Was it disappointing they didn't score a touchdown against the Patriots? Yes, it was. Did they get the win? Yes, they did. Can that be something that they carry throughout the season and maybe make a push for you know a 500 or a 9-7 and seven type season and maybe a playoff berth? Maybe. I guess these next couple of weeks are going to be pretty important, a lot more important than a lot of people thought based on the uh, sort of tank for Trevor ideas that we talked about, admittedly, right? We, we definitely put that out there as well. Not a lot of people are going to be on the tank for Trevor, uh, lose for Lawrence type conversation at this point, in my opinion. The other thing about Albert O is it was his first NFL game. So I think the reason that he looked as good as he did is the rapport and the chemistry that he has with Drew Locke since they played together at the University of Missouri. And the one player you didn't mention who is going to be a factor in this offense, because he, he's already he already has been when he's been able to play, is K.J. Hamler. That's another piece that the Broncos are going to be able to utilize. So there, it, it's finally there. For the first time in five years, you can feel excitement about this team because you can actually see it. It's not forced. It doesn't feel fake. And I'm excited to see what this team looks like. And we'll get into it for the preview podcast. But up next is Kansas City. And the way the defense played. And I'm going to uh, another another shout out to Kareem Jackson. He was a missile on Sunday. I mean, I'd like to see perhaps Fangio utilize him with some blitzes against Patrick Mahomes coming up in the next game. But that's something that they can build on and see what they did defensively. And another shout out to Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell. Both of them played pretty well for the Broncos defense on Sunday. Justin Simmons, Bryce Callahan. I think this this was Justin Simmons' best game of the season by far. Interception. Uh, the tip that leads to the interception. I don't know how high he jumped on that, but it, it, it looked like 16, 17 feet off the ground on that. I, I think I wanted to make sure we mentioned him as well, so I'm glad you brought him up. That was his best game of the season by leaps and bounds. I, it's just it, it's refreshing to be able to not only talk about a close win over Bill Belichick and the Patriots, but also you can see, to say it again, you can see it, and it, and it it's refreshing. It's exciting. You can, I mean, it's. Let's see what they can do now. Let's let's see if they can potentially get their way into the playoff discussion because this is going to have wild card playoff implications going forward. This head to head win over the Patriots, and the fact that they've expanded the playoff rosters to seven teams, that's one additional playoff spot. So the Broncos have a very legitimate chance at becoming a playoff team, and they can do it now going forward, building enough of a win. And just just one more thing. Did you, did you catch the final score? Just real quick, I want to make mention of it. 18-12, Broncos win. That just feels right to me. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, 
This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.